This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together. Together. Welcome to the show. If you have not done so and you've been listening for a while, hopefully enjoying what you hear, we would love for you to take a moment and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks in advance. I'm excited about today. Love them or hate them, run drills are beneficial for every triathlete, so we'll be talking about the particulars of implementing them into your training sessions. Joining us to talk through all of this is Coach Elizabeth James. Elizabeth is a USAT Level 2 and Ironman U certified coach who quickly rose through the triathlon ranks using TriDot. From a beginner to top age grouper to a professional triathlete. She's a Kona and Boston Marathon qualifier who has coached triathletes with TriDot since 2014. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Well, I'm I'm just always so glad to be here. I really enjoy doing these episodes, and whenever our topic is mostly about running, I get especially excited. Next up is Coach Jeff Rains. Jeff is a USAT Level 2 and Ironman U certified coach who is a Master of Science in Exercise Physiology and was a D1 collegiate runner. He has over 40 Ironman event finishes to his credit and has coached hundreds of athletes to the Ironman finish line. Jeff, how's it going today? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm ready to drill down on our run drill chat today, Andrew. I'm Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and captain of the middle of the pack. As always, we'll roll through our warm-up question. We'll settle in for our main set topic of run drills. Uh, and then we'll wind things down with our cool down. Lots of good stuff. Let's get to it. Time to warm up. Let's get moving. A theme park like Universal Studios, Disney World, or Six Flags wouldn't be a theme park without a theme. The word theme, after all, is the first word in the noun. Theme parks, of course, use their theme to name rides and attractions, as well as to break the park into sub-themed sections. If a big investor were launching a sports-themed amusement park, with roller coasters, rides, attractions, food, the works. What should the triathlon ride at the park be called? Jeff Rains, what do you think? Oh, man, this is a fun one. I love it. Um, I was kind of immediately thinking of kind of that big water tank and, and, and maybe Andrew or Coach John sitting on the chair uh, above the big water why, tank. Why's it got to be me? Oh, it's, why it's, can't it be you? It's got to be, it's gotta be you, man. Um, and, and Andrew sitting on the chair and... And uh, maybe there's a, the word bonk right there on that big red kind of circular button. And you throw a, a ball uh, bonk or, or empty the tank or whatever the game is called. And you throw that ball and Andrew falls into the tank of water. Uh, maybe it's a hit the wall ride or something. Um, In this theme park, you are installing a... Tridot specifically, a Tridot podcast themed dunk tank in the carnival section is, is what it seems. Yeah, Dunk Andrew. Uh Bump, bump the dot, bonk the dot, bonk. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You, you're normally throwing a ball. You're normally throwing a ball at, at a red dot on the wall. So in bumping the dot, you bump one of the coaches into just, a dunk I tank. I just want to see you fall into a big tank of water. Weird, man. Not going to lie. It's weird. <laughs> that's, that's, a very, that's a very specific uh, desire um, that we, we could make happen, I suppose. Um, Elizabeth, uh, what, what, what is your thought here? A, a triathlon-themed amusement park attraction. What, what are you thinking? 
Well, I we'll we'll keep you on the podcast, Andrew. We'll keep you out of the amusement Thank park. You. Thank um, you. So I much. was more so thinking a ride called Turbo. Um, and just as a side note, I think Turbo sounds so much cooler than Trainer. And so I just picture like the turbo ride in the amusement park being some really fast spinning ride, kind of mimicking that bike turbo session. And so for those who are unfamiliar, a turbo is another word for an indoor bike trainer, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Um, so I, I think that would be great. The other thing that I was thinking of is uh, like aero bars. Um, so a ride name like aero bar and it, I'm thinking some crazy loop to loop roller coaster up in the air. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have that one all ironed out in terms of an idea, but the, those were my two thoughts is turbo or like aero bar. You know, what I like about aero bar is every triathlete remembers that first, those first few sessions riding in aero bars oh, yeah. and, and getting used <laughs> to that because you, you uh -huh. can be a, a very seasoned road cyclist, but getting down on the elbow pads and, and in that crouch position and in that narrow stance, mm -hmm. it's weird. It's super weird. It can be intimidating for people. It takes a while to get feeling a little unstable at first. Yeah. Some sort of balancing a wild ride. ride. Yeah. 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 And, and so I, I think you could replicate that feeling by, by uh, even having it be like a roller coaster seat where you're kind of pitched forward a little bit uh, as mm. if you're in aero bars and, and it kind of can scream you around the roller coaster track in that kind of position. I, I can get behind that. Uh, my idea for this, I, I had two ideas. Um, one is, is kind of like along the lines of Jeff Rains. I, I think a, a fun carnival game. You know the carnival games where like you, you all have like a little squirt gun and you have to like squirt your own little target and have like the racehorse go across and get to the finish line first. Um, so take that concept and make a carnival game called the Kona Qualifier. Uh, and instead of instead of like a little horsey or, or something else that's going across, it's, it's a triathlete. And so you've got three targets you have to hit. And so you have to help your triathlete uh, in the carnival game get through his swim, get through his bike, and get through his run to, to then qualify for Kona. Um, and so that's that's my carnival game. Do you really get to qualify for Kona? Yes, two absolutely. Carnival game it's sponsored by Iron Man. <laughs> oh, there yep. we go. <laughs> wow. Yep, it's sponsored by Iron Man and everything, of course. Why not? Uh, and then the, you have a lot, a lot of... A lot of people at Kona that have no idea how to do a triathlon. Eight hundred dollars to play that two-minute carnival game. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, so my, my roller coaster idea—it's um, not the most original idea of all time. A lot of theme parks have a ride where there's like there's actually two coasters whose tracks kind of intertwine, mm -hmm. and so they're doing loops, you know, loop-de-loops inside of each other and against each other, and they're they pass each other, you know, at different moments. Um, um, Six—I know, uh, not not Six Flags. I know um, Universal Studios has one uh, in uh, in in uh, Orlando. Uh, but if you did a roller coaster like that, where there's two separate coasters that are just kind of like on the track at the same time, um, um, and call it the Iron War, uh, and that obviously is is mm, very yeah, very Competing reminiscent against one another. Yeah, and, you know the, the, Dave the famous Scott, Mark Allen, the famous Dave Scott Mark Allen race. But if you just had a, a roller coaster called the Iron War, and and had to be just two coasters on on their own separate tracks, different colors, uh, just kind of crisscrossing pads a bunch of times. Uh, throughout the ride. Uh, that's that's my idea. So, hey, guys, we're going to throw this question out to you. We had some super random ideas here and uh, are really curious to hear what you guys think. So go to the I Am Trot Facebook group. Uh, find the post uh, asking this question. What uh, roller coaster ride, what theme park ride, what, what attraction would you put in a sports-themed amusement park? On to the main set. Going in three, two, one. Our main set today is brought to you by our friends at Garmin. In the fitness and multi-sport market, Garmin products are the gold standard, known for their compelling design, superior quality, and best value. 
As a triathlete, Garmin can be and should be your very best friend. They offer best-in-class GPS watches that can track your every swim, bike, and run with ease. When you are out on the bike, Garmin's Vector Power Pedals can measure those all-important watts, while their Edge Cycling Computers conveniently display all your data in real time as you ride. You can also bring Garmin into your pain cave with their Tax Indoor Trainers and Accessories. I tell everyone who will listen that my Tax Flux Indoor Smart Trainer is the best investment I have made in my own triathlon training. The best part is Garmin is fully integrated with TriDot, so your Garmin Connect and Garmin Health data seamlessly streams to TriDot and your training is continually optimized. So head to Garmin.com and check out all the cool tech they have to offer. Just like bananas are part of a quality race morning breakfast, run drills are a part of a quality run training session. I think we all understand that drills can help refine our form, reinforce good habits, and make us a better all-around runner. But even knowing this, they take some time to do. Sometimes we feel ridiculous doing them, uh, and, and many of us skip them more often than we would care to admit. So today, Jeff and Elizabeth will cover why run drills are important, what they actually do for us, and how we should execute them in our training. So guys, let, let's start off with a nuanced understanding of why we do run drills. Jeff, t- tell us, what, what is the benefit? It's so true what you said earlier that run drills tend to be one of the kind of the first things you cough up or, okay, it wants me to do, you know, some butt kicks, yeah. whatever. Okay, what's my main set? And I say that from personal experience. And 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 myself included every now and then. Um, and it's also kind of the same off the bike, you know, off, off, you you only have 60 minutes to get that bike workout in. And we've talked about how sometimes it's better to maybe only bike 40 minutes, get off. Now you have 20 minutes to, I say, pamper yourself, foam rolling, um, and another podcast. And, and, uh, I got some emails just saying that, uh, how is foam rolling pampering yourself? It kind of hurts sometimes, but, um, uh, doing those things. Oh, but it hurts so good. (laughs) There you go. It hurts so good. Um, so, so, you know, even cutting some of your main, set if you have to on that run workout to really get that quality warm-up that includes the run drills is, is such a benefit but but why we do those run drills as part of our warm-up and, and you could kind of think of it this way like we could sit there and do a whole bunch of push-ups to, to get our heart rate uh, up our, our, our core temperature up a little bit uh, warm up our muscles we could I don't know. I guess we could even sit in a hot tub right and, and, and warm up our bodies before a workout we could go for a roller coaster ride <laughs> there you go on the on the iron <laughs> war, um, but but why do we do run drills and why are they so important? Um, and and essentially, you could think of it this way: almost every sport does run drills. Basketball players do run drills. Uh, you know, football players, um, all, all sorts of of things like that. Um, so so why run drills and and why is that such a crucial part of of the warm up? Um, what we're trying to do is, is one, you know, increase our core body temperature, kind of wake up the range of motion, uh, make our muscles more and more pliable. Uh, we want to get a little jog in or warm up before we do the run drills. But run drills are really, they focus, each drill has kind of a main purpose. Um, and each drill, each different one that you do, focuses on a different good aspect of our gait and our run form. And we're exaggerating that range of motion. And, and we're priming our body for what we're about to do. And if we exaggerate that range of motion, it can be easier when we do the main set. And also, if we're already primed and have that range of motion ready to go, uh, and we exaggerate that range of motion safely, um, then the fatigue aspect, the second half of workouts, you can go further into 
special workouts before maybe you lose that knee drive and the cadence falls and so forth and so on and the pace falls. Um, but really, it's 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 really honing in on uh, trying to kind of neuromuscularly teach our body that exaggerated movement. And over time, so we subconsciously uh, improve and have that greater range of motion uh, in our workouts. And I kind of like to have um, and, and encourage people to jog 30 or 40 yards. So let's just say you, you did your, you know, uh, 5, 10-minute zone 2, just easy jog. You got a little sweat going, and now you're going to do your 3, 4, 5 specific run drills, um, you know, kind of catering to, to maybe something you're working on. Um, and then... When you're doing those drills, always jog it out. So you got four or five drills maybe that you're going to do. Maybe you're going to drill for 40, 50 yards. second you're done with that drill for 40, 50 yards, immediately jog it out for another 40, 50 yards. And hopefully the good aspect of that drill kind of spills over into your running form. And if you immediately jog it out, um, hopefully that neuromuscular pattern um, – kind of sticks and, yeah. and over time maybe in a race the last thing you're thinking about at mile 20 of an ironman run is your knee drive is yeah <laughs> do i have a full range of motion is is is, is my stride length 1.1 or 1.0 no, you're, you're surviving um, exactly <laughs> so so that is another big part of the warm-up um not just kind of warming up our body for the workout uh but really trying to uh maintain and improve our uh our gait yeah, something that really stuck with me um, from podcast episode 80, uh, John Mayfield and I uh, did an interview with Evan Schwartz from Stride, uh, and they, they produce you know, the, the running power meters that, that many of us use. And so Evan Schwartz uh, from Stride came on and, and explained run power, talked about run power. And, and one of the things he, he talked about when we were talking about these, these running drills and running warm-ups, these plyometric exercises, um, he, he referenced a study done by run coach Steve Palladino, uh, who is Evan Schwartz's run coach, but he's also a run coach who studied uh, run power. And so what, what coach Steve Palladino did was he, he took some high school runners uh, and he was working with them uh, you know, for, for a certain period of time. Uh, and these are high school runners who, who weren't used to doing run drills in their sessions. And so coach Palladino had them start doing run drills in their sessions. And immediately, like their, their run form uh, was was better. Their their run splits were better. Their their paces were better. They were seeing uh, just just great improvement while working with him. Uh, and then when they left, um, you know, his tutelage and went back to their normal high school track coach, um, they they kind of reverted back to how they were running before. And and so it really kind of anecdotally, it, it's just one anecdotal study, of course, uh, but it really highlighted for him. Wow, like like your your brain needs those run drills to really reinforce so many things about your form. And, and as soon as you stop doing them, it allows your body to, to say, oh, that stimulus is gone. I'm going to revert back to how I was. Uh, but doing those run drills cues your brain to, oh, this is how I'm supposed to do things while I'm running. Um, so super interesting study um, from Steve Palladino that, that if you want to hear a little bit more about it, uh, Evan Schwartz talks about it on episode 80 uh, when we discuss running with power. Yeah, and, and we had another podcast episode recently just just kind of uh, getting getting past the plateau or, or, you know, are you even truly plateauing or uh, maybe you were doing run drills religiously for a number of months and, and you know, the last two or three assessments or your last 5K, um, you know, you, you haven't been doing those. Maybe that's something to help you get past that running rut. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like that, kind of what you said that 
the, the use it or lose it kind of a thing. Um, so, so maintaining and, and incorporating those religiously in, into your running regimen uh, makes a huge difference. Yeah, my personal 5K PR uh, was, was set at a time where I was very, very much um, doing my run drills as, as often as possible. And uh, I, I can tell you I've come close to that PR since, but I, I haven't hit that PR again. And I have not been as diligent in my, in my run drills probably the last six months or so. Uh, and I'm aware of that. So I've, I've actually heard, uh, you know, quite a few uh, big name coaches um, kind of give credit for run drills to, to injury prevention, almost even more so than like a performance enhancer. Yeah. Um, so, so doing those drills before a key quality workout where there's going to be intensity, um, you're pushing paces harder and faster than what you're going to do on race day, uh, especially for triathletes. These run drills are, are crucial for injury prevention, uh, not only as, as kind of a performance enhancer. Yeah, so tons of benefit all around, tons of reasons to do these, tons of reasons to make sure that we that we fit them into our schedule and don't neglect them. So let's move on to talking about how and when these are best executed. You know, does it matter where in the session we place these and how long should we be spending on doing run drills in our sessions? So yeah, um, just to kind of jump in with that, you know, as Ray's mentioned, this is an important part of the warm up. So we're priming the muscles for the session. These are dynamic movements. We're taking the muscles through that full range of motion or even that exaggerated range of motion and then kind of reinforcing the technique. So, yes, there is, you know, a time within the session when these are most beneficial. Um, you know, the tri-dot athletes, they're going to see these specifically outlined and prescribed within the set. So you're going to, you know, jog for a little bit of the warm up. You're going to go into the drills and then you're going to roll into that main set there. Um, so how long? Uh, for me personally, I'll usually jog for about 10 minutes and then spend the next 10, 12 minutes or so on the drills, um, ending with some strides and then kind of rolling into that main set. Yeah. And I, you know, traditionally kind of as a rule, you, you progress into run drills as you progress through the, the warm up regimen before your main set, um, but I would even take it a step further, kind of no pun intended there, um, that, you know, once every three weeks, I don't know, it's different for everybody, but, but I would actually encourage you on maybe even a recovery day or, or even, you know, you're just not feeling up for a bunch of zone five intervals or hill repeats or something super, super hardcore. Uh, maybe it's late in the day and you can't get that session in and you're thinking about skipping it. Do I just turn it all into just a zone two and be safe? Um, so, so every now and then, I mean, gosh, it, it's probably more beneficial. And we've said this before, but to skip the main set of a run workout. Um, you know, I would love if one of my athletes called me up, emailed me, Hey, you know, uh, it's late in the afternoon, you know, weather's bad or whatever. Can I just spend 45 minutes doing run drills, right? Or, or just a lot of stretching, just kind of a lot of, uh, of those types of things. And absolutely they, they would get, they'd get cool points for doing that. So, so it is okay, um, to, to every now and then skip a, a main set if, 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 the, if what you need is to really reinforce uh, these range of motions and, and getting your gait right because we don't want to get into that just becoming more efficient at being inefficient. So if just spending kind of a reset day and just spending a lot of extra time uh, on your gait uh, and being intentional there. So it doesn't always have to be part of the warm-up. Gotcha. Yeah, and Elizabeth, I, I'd very much do what you do. You know, I... Um you know, if I, if I have a 60 minute run, um, you know, I, I head out the door, 
and th there's an elementary school that is seven, eight minutes down the road. Um, so I'll, I'll, you know, zone to it, to that elementary school, mm -hmm. spend 10 minutes in the corner of the parking lot of that elementary school doing back and forth across the parking spaces, my run drills, uh, and, and then, you know, eight, nine, 10 minutes, you know, you're ready to rock and roll and keep running and finish the rest of your session, hit the quality and you've, you've done them, you've gotten them in. Um, where I neglect them is when I'm doing a treadmill session. I, I should probably go outside mm, the driveway yep. and, and, and do them. Uh, and I just, I just don't want to, but uh, that's, 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 I do them similar to, to you. So mm -hmm. I hope that that's helpful for people to hear. Um, so guys, nothing within Trotout is random. You know, everything we see in our training is by design. So what dictates which drills we may see on any given day in our training session? Yeah, exactly, Andrew. I mean, it's it's not random, it's intentional. And and really here with the run, the the drills are going to fit the prescribed and upcoming session. So, you know, we've we've mentioned it multiple times already and and not to sound like a broken record here, but the drills are a key part of that warm-up. And so many of those movements are are going to start part of that dynamic warm-up. And then the drills that are specifically prescribed for that set are going to prepare you for the intensity of that set. So for example, you know, A skips and B skips before some higher intensity sets are really going to prepare those neural pathways. But you're not gonna see a drill like bounds on the easy runs. On the easy runs, you may do kind of your warm-up jog, some strides to work on that turnover, and then and then you'll go into kind of that zone two set. But if you've got something like, oh gosh, decreasing intervals or something else with higher intensity, then something where you're really spinning the legs. Yeah, then, yeah. then you're going to see drills that fit that session and, and are taking you through that range of motion, reinforcing the technique that you're going to need to kind of pull upon for that intensity there as well. Yeah, and actually uh, another thing that TriDot does is, you know, it knows, like you said, the intensity of the workout and it might prescribe a certain types of drills to, to prime you for those. Um, but also our physiogenomics is a really, really, really cool aspect um, to where you, you can load your 23andMe or Ancestry, uh, your genome uh, into TriDot and uh, it, it will dynamically prescribe certain drills. So, so let's just say um, maybe you're more predispositioned for injury than, than somebody else. You may not see bounding before a really hard intensity you know workout a bunch of zone five stuff um so so even though you may want to do more intensive drills to prepare you for that more intensive workout certain individuals who are more injury prone try not may you may not see bounding or, or, or one of those so that there's something really really cool that those drills are not randomly thrown out there uh for swimming as well um but but also our bike workouts you know we we Nowadays, it's very cool. It's very awesome that we can just download workouts to our smart trainers and we just don't stop pedaling for an hour, let's say, and we get all of our quality in. We execute that workout perfectly, really neat. But we do that for those bike workouts and our one-legged drills, our spin-ups, all those things are automated into those workouts. So we don't ever really kind of skip those for cycling. Um, but, but running, they, they kind of get a bad rap sometimes and, and they're the first things to go. Um, so, so they are there for a reason and, uh, TriDot, uh, very, very importantly, uh, and strategically places those, uh, and optimizes them for each individual. So, uh, uh very, very cool. So talk to me about how often we need to do these. I mean, should we be doing run drills every time we go out for a run? I mean, should we be doing these once a week? Are these best done before certain types of session? You know, what, what is the win and how often here? 
So as I've mentioned, I mean, TriDot athletes are going to see them as part of their scheduled session. So, you know, they're going to know when to do them, which ones to do, how often. Um, you're not going to see run drills as part of an off-the-bike run. Um, you know, you've already been on the bike. You've <laughs> you've gotten a warm-up in there, um, and you're practicing that off-the-bike run at that point. But you're for sure going to see them prior to a track session. And so as they are prescribed in the session – we should be doing them. Okay. Um, it's not going to be every single run and the drills are going to look a little bit different based on what run session there is. But yeah, these should be of a high priority and each time that they're listed, they, they should be done. Andrew. And, and, <laughs> and to kind of argue like, do, should you do run drills before every single run that you do? I would say almost yes. Kind of yes and no. Um, you know, like a run off the bike, for example, you know, in your race, you're not going to, you know, do A skips, B skips, you know, up and down the aisles uh, off the bike. But at the same time, um, like I will do some, some kind of butt kicks as I'm kind of trotting, putting on my race belt through transition. I'll do some butt kicks. I'll even stop, put my hand on the, on the, on the fence, on the outer of, of the uh, uh, transition area. And I'll do a couple quick leg swings, kind of shake out my legs, kind of kind of flick that bee off your toe, kind of right, shake the legs out. Um, I might, um, as I get a quick drink or putting my hat on, I might kind of pick my knees up to my chest as I'm going through transition. Uh, but even on a training day, uh, if it's a run off the bike, you, you know, it may not be five seconds off the bike, I'm out the door running. You know, it, it may be a minute. It could even be two minutes before I actually start that run off the bike on, on some of those training runs. But I always do leg swings. Leg swings for me is just, is just something uh, that... I, I love it. It wakes up the legs, especially tight legs off the bike. Um, I'll even do it uh, before a swim session. I'm over there kind of leaning over, doing the Michael Phelps, right, kind of kind of priming my shoulders, getting ready to hop in the water. But I'll even hang on to the wall or uh, a diving block or something and do some leg swings. Um, and so you, you can prime, you know, the muscles for, for all types of runs, uh, whether you go to a track and, and, and pick three or four and, and do them for 50 yards, you can still use that mentality uh, on every type of run, really. So if we are crunched for time, you know, maybe we have a 45-minute run session, um, you know, that there's some zone two, there's some threshold intervals in there, um, and, and maybe you can only do the session without the run drills. Or maybe you can do the run drills and part of the session instead of the entirety of the session. You know, what, what would you advise the time-crunched athlete to do? All right. Well, I'm smiling right now. I know that we can't, you know, see that in the audio here, but I feel like this is going to give one of our, our favorite answers of it depends. Of course um, it does. Yeah. Uh, gosh, you know, sometimes these questions are really hard to answer because it really does depend on the athlete, you know, their running background, their history of injury, the availability of time, not only in that day and that particular session, but also within the week. Um, you know, how often are they getting the run drills in? If they're skipping them this once, okay, that's different than somebody that's, I mean, making a habit of skipping them, skipping them all the mm -hmm. time. Um, but to kind of give more of a concrete answer beyond the it depends, there, there are two things that I will say here to kind of help athletes make some decisions about how to utilize the time that's available to them that day. Um, so I'd say first, you know, prioritize the intensity that's in that session. Um, you know, if you're at the track, you're supposed to be doing threshold intervals. Um, let's get those threshold intervals in. But then you need to make sure that you're properly warmed up for that intensity too. So one, prioritize the intensity and two, 
prioritize the warm up for that intensity. So yeah, you you need to do a proper warm up. Um, it's gonna make sure that your session goes better. It's gonna kind of make sure that you're preventing injury from doing a more intense exercise session as well. Um, so we do want to make sure that we're hitting the purpose of the session, but don't neglect the drills. Don't neglect the warm up for the sake of the full time. You might be better off cutting some of that, you know, balance of time. Um, at zone two. Yeah, at the yeah. end of the session there. Yeah. So, so using our forty-five minute, you know, in the question as an example, if an athlete has forty-five a forty-five minute session, let's say eighteen of that is is zone four intervals. Make sure you get your eighteen minutes of zone four intervals. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you do the warm up to be warmed up for those eighteen minutes. And then if you had 20 minutes at zone two on the back end, you know, maybe cut 10 minutes of that for right. that warm up. Yeah. In- I mean, do a little oh. bit of your cool down at the end. Um, still don't just stop, but prioritize the warm up to make sure that you can get in the intensity. Every run drill that is prescribed in trot out training is on our YouTube channel um, with, with you guys kind of exampling them, explaining them. And, and so we're not going to break down every single run drill that, that is in trot training, but, but what, what are, what are some of the most common ones athletes should expect to see and maybe give us the, the purpose of them? Yeah. Good question. I mean, everyone's kind of heard of high knees and butt kicks. Those are just kind of the, the, the go-to, right? Can, can I say butt kicks is like my favorite run drill. I just, I love the way it just kind of loosens up, up the leg and I, I like butt kicks. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their favorite three or four. I love a skip. I love C skip and I love leg swings. Um, but you know, high knees and butt kicks are pretty self-explanatory. Um, so, so I'm going to roll through quite a few of these, uh, pretty quickly here, but, but each of these drills has a specific purpose. A, a, a really good one. Um, we call it head pushes. Some people call it penguin run. Um, we have another drill that's very similar called wall pushes. But those three drills all promote body lean. Okay. So if you're somebody who maybe has too much vertical oscillation, you're too upright, your vertical oscillation is, is really great. So maybe you have a really low stride and a super high cadence maybe an overly exaggerated. And you're really bouncing a lot in your running. You're bouncing too Mm. much. So maybe some of that up and down, we want to focus on maybe slightly increasing your body lean and that body lean is originated from the ankles. And so those three drills, if you're somebody who wants to focus on, uh, improving or, or changing that, that, that body lean, uh, those are body lean drills. And so at a steady state, we want to hold kind of a three to six degree body lean angle kind of, uh, originated from those ankles. And when we we accelerate, we, maybe we're doing a zone four surge and then we're going to settle back down into zone two. When we accelerate, you, you, you may increase that body lean to about 10 degrees. Um, but then once you're at that desired speed, you should settle back down into that three to six degrees. So head pushes or penguin run is running with your hands behind your back, uh, and straight legs running, uh, kind of hopping, bouncing on your midfoot. Um, but if you, if you're staying with those straight legs and if you, have to kind of bend your knees and, and fall, uh, then, then that would be that kind of ideal 10 degrees. So, so those penguin runs, those head pushes, maybe someone's just literally holding your, putting a straight arm on your forehead and you're leaning on that hand and you're running, um, you know, that's really promoting just kind of finding that, that good balance of, of, and, and, of and that to, body. And to the point of each of these drills has a purpose and the purpose isn't always, uh, obvious because it, because when I see the, the head push drill, you know, so someone has their hand on your head, you're leaning forward into their hands and, and you're, you're kind of running. running in place. My, my, my assumption looking at that would be, Oh, this is like an acceleration thing that this is, I'm, I need to, I'm digging my feet into the ground to push, 
you know, put pressure against them, but but it's it's not an acceleration thing. It's a body lean thing. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, it, it could be that. Um, but, you know, I kind of say if you're somebody who has a body lean issue, you know, wall pushes or penguin runs is, is now your best friend, all right? And so th- that might be a drill you want to incorporate. Uh, another one, foot roll-ups. Um, some people call it ankle springs. Um, heel walks is another one, just working walking on your heels. Uh, dorsiflexion is that kind of upward motion of, of, of the ankle ankle plantar flexion is the push down you're, you're planting your foot on the gas pedal so foot roll-ups ankle springs heel walks those are dorsiflexion drills we want to use inertia to our advantage um, on the foot plant um, I like the the example of, of you know someone standing on the roof and they drop a brick and you're just holding your arm out uh, and that brick smashes your hand that's gonna hurt but if you kind of cushion the catch of that brick and, and maybe you're doing a squat and you're following that and you're using two hands, uh, you could catch two bricks or, you know, something like that. Um, and so we really want to, um, we don't want to run with stiff ankles. We, we want to run with knee up, toe up. And right before we hit the ground, um, that ankle kind of releases, right? And then we attenuate the arch there and uh, really, really cushion that landing and get the return uh, off of that. So so those are really good drills if you're someone who has stiff ankles. So kind of moving into some of the other common drills, um, I wanted to take some time and talk about skips because there's a number of all different... the skips. Yes, all the skips. <laughs> so A skips, B skips, C skips. D um, skips, E skips, and, F skips. And e this skips. is... <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> how, how far does it go? Why skips? Whole alphabet. Um, but I, I feel like this is another example of where you may initially look at a drill and then get this aha moment of like, oh, that's that's what that one is for. Um, for example, A skips is is actually kind of zeroing in on that arm swing. Really? So it's more of an arm drill. And I thought that was like swinging, a knee drive thing. Well, I mean, there's part of it too, but you're swinging that opposite arm in unison with the lead leg. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's, there's a very specific part of a skips that you're working on that arm movement and, and kind of the full body running motion, not just the leg itself. Um, B skips is, is like a propulsion drill. So your focus here is landing under your center of mass and then kind of really feeling that push forward. Okay. Um, and C skips, uh, the focus there is on the hip flexor. So, I mean, just right there, ABC, um, three different skip drills. Yes, there is a reason for all the different skips because they're focused on a different part of the running mechanics. Each one of those skips has a different rhythm, you know, a different purpose, and it's it's really they're confusing. They're kind of weird, and so many people kind of look down at their feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> right, and and they're so focused on where they're landing, but their arms are just going wild, and they're just, just and and so uh, there there is a purpose behind those, uh, keeping that eighty to ninety degree arm swing. I, I just all this all the skip drills. Uh, the goal there um, is is really to maintain that eighty to ninety degree elbow, right? Keeping that elbow hinge. That's that's a, it's a rusted hinge. The elbow. We swing our arms uh, with our low relaxed shoulders, and so a lot of people open up those arms, and so keeping that that controlled is key. Uh, another good one is quick feet. Um, quick feet, just the quick turnover, uh, a cadence increaser. If you're somebody that uh, tends to, to see your cadence falling the second half of if you, workout. If you have a slow, plodding you know, foot, foot strike where you're just kind of a, a, a lackadaisical uh, a cadence, do some quick feet. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's an anticipatory response to exercise, right? When we're treading water and we're about to start the race, the, the Ironman hasn't even started yet. But your resting heart rate's not 48. Yeah, I might be 120, but you're just sitting there, right? You're anticipating the start of the race. And so there's an anticipatory response to exercise and especially your landing, right? And so really exaggerating that, that quick turnover really primes you uh, and, and, and getting ready for that workout. Asymmetrical arm swings is another uh, kind of a, uh, you know, a staple uh, drill uh, in Tridot as known as, as being kind of a little weird, kind of hard to do. Um, it's kind of like the, the idea of, of patting your head and, and rubbing your tummy at the same time or, you know, you hear, can you walk and chew bubblegum at the same time? It, it's, it's, it's a funny one. Um, but that unilateral training, um, you know, that, that can kind of help you. I kind of think of the asymmetrical arm swing as, as kind of sort of a breathing drill. So many runners kind of tend to always default to kind of stomping the ground or breathing on that one side, right? It might be a hard exhale every time the right foot hits the ground, right? And, and, and you know, in certain types of running, we want to have a longer uh, exhale than we do an inhale, and that would put us on an odd breathing count, kind of like bilateral breathing and swimming. Um, and so... Um, the asymmetrical arm swings just kind of breaks up that just traditional rhythm um, and, and, and kind of gets you focusing on kind of that non-dominant side. I, I will say if someone is listening to this and they have never seen or attempted an asymmetrical arm swing, pause this episode, pull up your YouTube, and go look at that on our YouTube channel because it is, a, uh, it, it is quite the experience attempting your first asymmetrical arm swing. I am not naturally very good at it. I have to really concentrate on it. Some people are more are more gifted, but but go find that video. Try them yourself. Uh, they, they really are something. So, guys, that's that's eight uh, different run drills you all have kind of given us the, the little inside scoop on. But let, let's maybe round out a top ten here. But what, what, what are maybe two more uh, athletes will commonly see in their run training? Uh, let, let's go with strides. Mm. Um, this is our, our, our ninth one there because I feel like that is one that is most frequently seen. Um, that's one that athletes will see on, on a lot of sessions. And I think the key here with strides is to understand that it's not just a short sprint. Um, this is really kind of exaggerating the run form that this should be excellent form as as you're prepping the body for that intensity um so it's not just a sprint we're really focused on good technique um it is at a higher speed but it's not just an all-out sprint all right number 10 one more oh there's just one drill it's 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 one-legged hopping um one leg hopping um that's one that if if you haven't seen that or attempted that um do what andrew said go to the youtube channel check that out it's a triple jumpers drill and you can get as intensive as you want. Uh, that's almost like a disclaimer one. Like, only attempt if you're super injury-free and super uh, confident in I, doing so. I'm an so. injury-prone athlete. My physiognomics says so. And so I, I don't get one leg hopping. I would not. Example. Yeah, maybe yeah, you just watch do it, it don't attempt it. Yeah, do not <laughs> attempt this at home. Um, but that, that one leg hopping drill is kind of putting it all together. It's putting A, B, and C skip all together. You have to have those good arms, or you won't be able to to finish or do the drill uh, to to its so utmost. If you have if you have healthy lower legs and you want to challenge yourself, go go try the one leg hopping. Um, and, and strides. I mean, Elizabeth, you, you talked about strides. I mean, I love just. I mean, to, to your point, they're in just about every run session and tried out for a reason. It's just so good to just open up the stride. And I I'm not always focused on. I, I usually just kind of pick up the pace. I'm not always focused on 
exaggerating my form there. And, and so that's something that I'll, I'll be mindful of after this conversation is really making sure I'm exaggerating that knee drive, exaggerating the arm swing and, and really focused on the form and not just uh, picking up the pace. What I like about strides, it's, it's your opportunity, your chance. It, it's prescribed. That is your time to solely focus on good running form. And like you said, exaggerated running form. You're not worried about a pace, a time, how long yeah. do I have to hold? Am I in zone four? Is my heart rate there? Like, what's my cadence again? You can just space out and just get out there and feel really good and it just exaggerate that that really good run form. So if an athlete is trying to improve a certain aspect of their form, you know, maybe they want to raise their cadence or maybe they want to improve their knee drive or their arm swing, how can we know which drills Elizabeth could help us do what? So, I mean, we've already kind of thrown out the YouTube channel a couple times here, but for good reason. Um, the, you know, the, these are visual, and so right. it helps to get your eyes on. You know, we, we can talk about strides, but go get your eyes on right. what a stride go, looks go like. Go and watch yeah. it. Um, and, and what I love about having all of the drills up there on the YouTube channel is that, I mean, you've got an example to look at of the drill itself, but then as you're watching it, there's the explanation of the purpose of the drill. Yeah, and then very true. some key things to remember while executing that specific drill too. And so, yeah, you want to work on improving your knee drive, go take a look at the drills, find the ones that are focused in on improving that knee drive, watch the drills themselves, get those key tips to remember while executing them. Um, and, and I just feel like having that visual is also going to be beneficial. Now you both are featured on the try out training YouTube channel, uh, on the videos where we show folks how to do all the drills prescribed within try out training from our two days filming those, uh, we, we had a good time at the track, uh, you know, out there with with the cameras and the drones and and our, our coaches. Um, of those two days, all the drills that we filmed, you know, that they're up on YouTube. Which ones do you personally find the most difficult, and which would you say is a personal favorite, Jeff? I'll go. I'll go to you. I love a skips. A skips. It's it's very fundamental. It's safe. It's a good go to if you're somebody who is new to doing drills. You know, maybe a little intimidated, you know, bounding and uh, straight-legged bounding and all these jumps and hops just seems to be a little bit too much for you. A-skip is just as safe. It, it, it's just an exaggerated march, um, and you can kind of get as explosive as you want with that. Um, but but I love A-skip. I mentioned leg swings. Uh, we call them also uh, hamstring kickouts. Um, I do those probably every single day. But, but before every single workout, I talked a little bit about that. Um bounding um there's straight legged bounding which is you'll see in the NFL you know those the the, the wide receivers uh, catch a 30 yard pass and maybe they're 10 yards from the end zone and there's nobody around them and they know they're going to score the touchdown so they kind of do the straight legged yep. you know uh victory dance into the end zone uh straight legged bounding and then bounding like a deer with that bent knee uh they're very explosive they're they're, they're very hard to do but when done when you do them right uh they're they're very rewarding they they kind of feel good and I got, I got it, you know. Um, so, so those are kind of my hard ones. But that triple jumpers drill, woo, that's a doozy. You, you got four or five of those. Um, we also have one called the power hop. Um, you know, skipping for height is another one that you know, five or six of those, you're you're pretty exhausted. So yeah. those would be some of the harder ones. Yeah, very true. Um, I, I know for me, I, I love. I, I mentioned it earlier. I mean, I, I love uh, butt kickers. I, I just like the way it just kind of stretches out the the big running muscles. Um, I, I like leg swings as well. I, I one I've recently been doing more of, uh, even sometimes where it's not prescribed, is, is the hamstring kickouts that, that that she mentioned because that that really just stretches that leg out, uh, you know, b before you you start running hard. 
Um, so I've been enjoying that one. Um, I mentioned I'm not good at the asymmetrical arm swings. Um, but really for me, I, knowing I'm an injured athlete, I, I try to avoid the, the, the bounds and the one legged hops and the ones that put a, a lot of pressure on the joints on the landing. I, I, I usually, I, one, thanks to my physiogenomics being uploaded in the tryout, I don't get those prescribed very often anyway. Um, and, and if I do, um, sometimes I'll even substitute something else knowing I'm an injured athlete. Um, so something for people to kind of keep in mind. Um, Elizabeth, which ones are, are your favorites and which ones are your, your least favorites to do? Well, let me just say this first, like for anybody that's like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to do the drills that I, I want to get my workout in. Um, drills are part of the workout. Uh, after drills are a workout. hours of doing drills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the next day I was so sore after filming this. I mean, hours of muscle activation. So, you know, if you're like, oh, I, I don't want to do the drills. I want to get the workout in. Drills are part of the workout. Um, Absolutely. You're going to get a benefit of that. And I think both Reigns and I can uh, attest to the fact that uh, we were a little uh, weary the next day uh, from all those drills. Um, but gosh, in terms of the ones that are, are difficult for me, it's it's the B skip and the asymmetrical arm swings. Um, there's just something about the B skip and the coordination. I have always struggled with that. And that's probably the same thing with the asymmetrical arm swings and the coordination there. I mean, you'll notice that I am not in either of those videos. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't want to say it and point it out, but since you're pointing but hey, it out. I, I will admit it. Um, I, I would I was not a good example. We do not want our athletes following um, my B skip or my asymmetrical arm swings. And, and to your credit, I will brag on you, you when the, the things that you do. I mean, you, you are very on point with your technique with the 99 percent of the things that you do. And, and so those are just very rare examples where you're just not good at them. And so we did not put you on camera doing this. Right. Yeah. And I, I was the first to admit when we, we started filming, I was like, oh, guys, I mean, I'll do the B skip, but you'll see you don't want to use it. And you guys are like, oh, just go. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. And I didn't. You guys are like, it wasn't fine. Yeah, it didn't. make the final No, we're, we're not using that. It's not going to make the cut. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, those are ones that are very difficult for me. Uh, but uh, gosh, Reigns has mentioned this. I, I love leg swings. Those are my favorite, too. Um, there's just something about them. And now it's almost kind of like a mental preparation, too. Yeah. That's kind of one of the last things that I do. Um, I'm feeling good and warmed up, get those leg swings in, and then and then it's go time. It's like that we, we set out to talk about run drills and teach people the, the purpose of run drills. And this whole episode just became... Uh, the three of us professing our love for leg swings. And that, that's what the episode turned into. <laughs> that's so. what it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to rename it. Our I'm, love of leg swings. We should all do some right now. Great set, everyone. Let's cool down. Just a few weeks ago on the podcast, we did an entire episode talking about how to balance your triathlon training with family, work, life, etc., it was episode 86 of the podcast, and we really talked through doing the best you can with the training, no matter what your day or week throws at you. And our cool down today brings us an inspiring example of an athlete navigating unconventional training circumstances in order to stay on top of his fitness. Treadout Ambassador David Pagan joins me to share how he fits in his triathlon training while stationed on a U.S. naval vessel. As a sailor in the United States Navy, David is constantly transitioning from life on land to life at sea, and he does everything he can to do the right training right, regardless of his location. So David, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Glad to be here. So before we get too far into the Tri Talk, you know, tell us just what inspired you to join the U.S. Navy, and what has your experience been like as a member of the U.S. Armed Forces? 
Uh, I grew up uh, in Seattle or near Seattle, and uh, every year there's a festival called Seafair. The Navy usually comes out with a couple ships and almost always with the Blue Angels. So as a kid, I got hooked early. Okay. Um, started looking more seriously at uh, the Navy in high school, found out about the Naval Academy and set my sights there and was able to graduate class 2008. So that was the, the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, correct? Yep. Very cool. And uh, so the experience in the armed forces has been a wild one. Uh, my wife and I and our two kids have been to basically every corner of the country, living in uh, several different states. And then I've done uh, five deployments at this point, seen a decent portion of the globe. Uh, most of that happens to be water. So in the Navy, you get to see a lot of that as well. So how do you feel about the swim leg of a triathlon? Is it is it naturally your favorite? I was a high school swimmer, so I was. But uh, there are some people in the Navy who would have trouble with the uh, the swim portion of the of the try. Okay. <laughs> so your first race with TriDot was 70.3 Virginia in 2019. How did you find TriDot and how did that first half Ironman go? So to tell you how my first TriDot half Ironman went, I have to tell you about my first half Ironman and only other half Ironman, which was uh, okay. Wildflower when I was stationed out in California. And it was amazing, but I survived it. Uh, it was about <laughs> 10 hours of an ordeal uh, I'll never forget. Um, but once I got back here to Virginia, started looking at tries around the area, decided that they were doing this Virginia half Ironman. I wanted to prepare better for it. And around the same time on Facebook, preseason project popped up on my feed. And I thought, this is a great way. Try and add some structure, see how it goes. Yeah. And, and I was hooked. Uh, so I've been with TriDot ever since. Uh, it just happens to be exactly two years ago today that we're recording. Oh, That's happy good. anniversary. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know. I had a two and a half hour PR. I came in at 720, even though I had some issues with my knee on the run. Uh, so I think my race X probably would have been right about on if I hadn't had those issues with my knee. Um, so I'm, I was sold and now I'm an ambassador for it because I, I, I believe it. Yeah, no, very cool. I mean, exactly how I came on the TriDot, you know, just noticing that preseason project ad and uh, trying it out, loving it. And here, here we both are. Um, so as I alluded to on the intro of the cool down here, as an officer in the the U.S. Navy, you know your training at times can look a little bit different than most of our athletes. Shortly after seventy point three Virginia, you were deployed onto a U.S. naval ship, and while actively serving out at sea, you kept up with your TriDot training, which is incredible. What adjustments did you have to make to train while out at sea? So the first one, um, I actually uh, called up the services um, support center from TriDot, and I was like, "Hey, I need." To get the email functionality and they showed me how to set that up because um, okay. email connectivity is pretty decent on the ship but internet connectivity when you're trying to share it with 250 or uh, 2500 people there's a thousand sailors <laughs> and 1500 marines on my ship yeah um it can get spotty at times uh, in the middle of the ocean there's no cell signal so a lot of the data issues uh you know try is very data driven and uh, I didn't have as much access to that, but the emails I kept getting every day and I would print them out. And I showed you the picture of the binder that I had. Um, I just started filling up a binder with these pieces of paper and I would yeah, write really cool. My, yeah, I would write down my uh, workouts as I completed them. So that was the first first big step um, just to get keep working on the training that way. And then there are other issues working out at sea. Uh, the whole ship is 840 feet long. Uh, wow. <laughs> so that's, that's as far as you get to go. Uh, the bike was the easiest. There are plenty of exercise bikes and some of them are actually outside and have a nice view of the water. So I got myself a nice, um, a separate set of shoes with SPD clips on them, 
had a view of the water every time I was working out. That's that really was, cool. The, uh, the swim turns into a lot of rowing. Um, okay. just trying to keep that upper body, that core going, and then focusing on the strength workouts too, um, became a lot more important. We did have one opportunity to do a swim call, um, where they'll open up the back of the ship and let people go out and swim. They got lifeguards and a boat out and stuff like that. Um, it's usually a once a deployment type thing. Uh, wow. so we get to do that once, but uh, other than that, it was all dry land with swim workouts as a, as a lot of people were doing last year during COVID, but mine were a little different. Yeah. And then the last part, the run. Um, so the flight, like I said, it's 840 feet long. So when you work that out for a lap on the, on the ship's flight deck, the ship I was on was the baton. It's basically like a miniature aircraft carrier. So you do a lap on the flight deck. It's, uh, depending on what aircraft are out and who's doing maintenance on them. Uh, it's about a quarter to a third of a mile per lap and okay. start doing a lot of laps. The view is great. Again, so it's kind of like a track, a little bit like running a track. Yeah. It's basically like everything turned into a track workout. Um, okay. And it's a little harder though. It's a, uh, you know, steel with this non skid grippy material on it. So I ate through uh, a pair of shoes pretty quickly, but, uh, oh, man, I bet. <laughs> but it worked out. So, you know, and we had a little Sunday, like core group of people who would go up there and run. Um, so that was, you know, that was good for the motivation. Um, there's a group of people who was helping out and we were all just trying to get through our, our deployment. Yeah. So, so how long is a typical deployment? So when you're out at sea training this way, how long of a period of time is it for? Um, so when you go on deployment, you're probably looking at, uh, anywhere from six to seven months is the starting okay. time frame. My longest was 11 months away from home. Okay. Wow. So when your fellow sailors, you know, saw you doing triathlon training and knew that's what you were training for while out on the boat, you know, what, what was their reaction? You know, did you kind of stick out as, as the tri weirdo or were most of uh, your peers on the ship doing their own things to stay, stay fit? <laughs> um, so it's a little of both. Uh, okay. <laughs> so with the Marines on board, they love working out. So the gym's usually full of them, but they're usually doing more weights and stuff like that. The cardio equipment's usually pretty open compared cool. to them. Um, and there are definitely some people who gave me some good natured, uh, ribbing when I got back to the office when we were still stateside after Virginia, my, uh, my office in particular, they came in and they took like, um, they printed out Iron Man, the character masks and they cut them okay. in half down the middle <laughs> and they pasted them all up around the office just to be like, Oh, you're crazy. You did this. You're the half Iron Man now. Uh -huh. um, but there are actually a lot of people who do, you know, we, we have physical tests that we have to do. So everybody has to find a way to, to work out. So, um, you know, some people actually kind of came on board with me and were like, you know, I tell them I'm going up to ride a bike and they're like, yeah, I'll join you. And the view up there and the camaraderie was great. And it was weird because this was during COVID. Uh, we were one of the few places where you could go work out with somebody because we were in this little bubble uh, that yeah. we knew nobody else had come to. Um, but we stayed underway for 150 days without touching land at that point. So it was all we kind of had to go on. And the other thing about being deployed during COVID, though, was all the virtual races. We started signing up for those. Oh, cool. Um, Rev 3s, for example, I did a few of those. And, you know, those are a local race, too. Um, I think they're doing Montclair this week anyways. But we would sign up for those, and then we would do them together. You know, we would row, ride, and run, and then that would be our, our triathlon. We would just set a date, and we would all try and do it. So training on a ship, you know, we wouldn't call it the most ideal of training locations. It, it sounds like you can do some pretty effective training with what you got there, but but it's still not 
uh, exactly what you would be used to having on land. You're not exactly set up to always nail the session and score 100 on your training scores. How effective would you say your training is at sea? And what have you learned from consistently training in that context? Yeah, very few uh, unicorns or narwhals to my name and definitely <laughs> not uh, not out at sea. But, but um, in the military, we have this thing called commander's intent. What does the boss want you to do? How does it, how do they want you to accomplish the mission? And so when I would get a workout email to me, I could look at the workout and if it's, you know, an easy run, that's pretty straightforward. I need to run easy. If I'm running harder than that, I'm not doing what the intent of the workout is. Yeah. Same thing if Mav Shuttles comes up. If I do an easy run on Mav Shuttle Day, I know I'm not doing what the intended workout is. So it really helped me kind of just get to the point of the the so what behind each workout. Like, all right, if we're doing threshold work, let's do threshold work. Even if it's not exactly, you know, how many minutes, how many miles the session says, we can kind of at least understand the the purpose behind it and try and make that work as best you can. And then, you know, sometimes I was able to connect and upload those manually so I could see my train X keep, you know, following along. But sometimes it was just in the book and I knew I did it. So I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I know. I, I love that mindset of, you know, the, your your commander's intent, because that, that's not a phrase that civilians are used to. But it so speaks to what I know a lot of TriDot coaches tell their athletes that, you know, there's a variety of reasons why an athlete might not have an, an amazing training score, but that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't do the session correctly. It could be a big gear workout where, where TriDot just can't quantify the squats off the bike. It could be that you're running outside and you've got a lot of rolling hills. Uh, and, and so your paces aren't exactly going to align with what TriDot wanted, but the effort was there correctly. Um, so, so kind of for, for all of our athletes listening, I, I want them to catch that, 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 you know, look at your workout and, and gleam from it what the commander's intent is. You know, what, what is TriDot's intent for this session? And if you accomplish that, if, if, you, if you hold close to that, you know, that the training score isn't quite uh, as important, you know, if, if you walk away knowing you did the, the point of the session. So, so David, thanks so much for sharing that. That's, that's the golden nugget from today's cool down in my mind. So, um, and of course, I mean, thanks so much for just your military service. You know, we are so proud to have you as a member of the TriDot tribe. Um, as we close down the show today, you know, for folks who want to cheer for you, you know, at your next race, you know, what do you have coming up this season on the race schedule? Uh, well, uh, it's kind of a little sparse uh, getting back from COVID. I'm doing the Rev3 Williamsburg virtually, um, okay. but I saw that's a pro race, so maybe we'll be able to go up and watch that maybe a little bit, hopefully. Um, but if not, uh, Kinetic Patriots Olympic distance going on in Williamsburg in September. And then I'm going to do the Ironman VR Kona week. Uh, that was something I never thought I'd do before tried out, but I was able to do that last year, so I thought I'll do that again this year. But all this is looking for the long game. Uh, the goal is Maryland, full Ironman, first one. All right, Maryland 2022. We'll see you there. Uh, excited to see how your training takes you uh, between now and then. Um, you know, and whether it's at land or, or whether it's at sea, uh, sounds like you're gonna you're gonna be trained and ready to go. Hope so. Thanks. Well, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank coaches Jeff Rains and pro triathlete Elizabeth James for talking with us about run drills. Get them in, people. They're important for all the reasons we learned about today. Enjoying the podcast? Have any questions or topics you want to hear us talk about? Head to trotout.com slash podcast to submit your question or leave us a story for the show. Until next time, happy training. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew.
For more great Tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head to tridot.com and start your free trial today. Tridot, the obvious and automatic choice for triathlon training.